What's going on, everybody? I am Dylan Lee, your host of the JRD Hogcast. Joined, as always, with my co-host, Jordan Russell, and our producer, Luke Griggs. All right, Jordan. Uh, just before we get into this, I want to touch on what we were talking about last week because I mentioned the softball sports science of uh, if it's harder to hit a baseball or a softball. Well, I did the digging. I looked into it. Found the YouTube video, which uh, was sports science, and they had Jenny Finch on there. Uh, you remember her? Yep. So they had her out there, and I the pitcher escapes me, but they also had a major league pitcher out there at that time. And they put a force plate up first to measure how much force from the throw. And they had him wheeling and dealing at... 95 miles an hour pretty consistently on that and then they had her throwing at 70 miles an hour and she actually on her first throw shattered the force plate that they were measuring all this on so when it actually came to having someone hit the ball they had a it was a minor leaguer at the time come and try to hit so he consistently hit the 95-mile-an-hour fastball from the MLB pitcher. They had Jenny Finch come on, and she obviously was closer because she threw from the same distance, and he had such a hard time and couldn't barely. If, she, if he did get contact, it was barely. And they simply said that was mainly because of the trajectory of her release because it's a downward to up angle and it's harder for the batter to bring his hands up than it is to drop his hands so all in all i say all of that and i bring it back up because apparently it's been bothering me for a few days to say to all those isfs hitting a softball is harder and that would also mean hitting four home runs and hitting a cycle at that is even harder so in consecutive innings in consecutive innings. So, again. So all those challenge, ignorant people. <laughs> challenge out there for you. I will set it up. I will find a ballpark. We will get you a softball pitcher, and you can take the Danielle Gibson challenge and see what happens. Just, I like the name. Yeah, I like the name. <laughs> you, can, you can DM us or you can add us at Twitter, which is at JRD Hawkcast. We ain't backing down. So... <laughs> Good on you to get in there and get that figured out. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm not going to say... I knew that we remembered something, though. We <laughs> both remembered something being done, some study do, being done about that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the expert on softball. Uh, hopefully, one of these days, we can definitely get one in here. And uh, I don't have season tickets, but you got to give them props when it comes through. I mean, she was getting all that pre- press for a reason, and it wasn't right. cool the comments that we were seeing on social media and all the other stuff. So, all right. Woo. We got that out of the way. Yeah. I feel a little bit better now. Let's see. Uh, good, uh, good segue into that though. After that is, uh, the softball team is on a, uh, eight game win streak right now. Yeah. Currently ranked 14th in the nation. Looks like they're setting at a total of 18 and three. So, they're doing something right over there. Knocking them down just like the baseball team. So they just wrapped up a series against Boston. Got a twelve to seven win and a four to two win. 
this past weekend. Props to the ladies on that. Keep doing that work, moving up them rankings, and they're definitely on pace to host a regional, and at that rate, super regional. I mean, they ain't no slouch in that category. So That'd be cool if they could avoid, uh, what you, you worded as the OU buzzsaw yeah. last year, if they could avoid that, that'd be fantastic. Right. So. Courtney Doffel's got some good things going on over there, though. She's She's definitely brought some energy back to the softball program so i'm i look forward to watching them a little bit more this year than i was able to last year yeah definitely need to get out there to bogle park that's for sure so what do you think of the uh series win this weekend the for the ba- baseball team? baseball sweep any <laughs> sweep is good unless i have yeah, to do it they, around the house <laughs> oh that just oh man that was good hey i'm a new father they, i can uh, make dad puns man i can do it <laughs> The baseball team, we were kind of touching on this uh, last episode, but the um, I don't have those notes in front of me right now, but I think they were successful at a total of 39 stolen bases. Is that right? From last year's total? I believe it was something around there because it was definitely in the 30 range, and I think they attempted 51. 51, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're definitely coming up on the at least uh, completed and successful ones because they are now – because this is kind of our running stat because – it seems like this year they're substituting a little bit of power, but hey, we've been seeing the ball leave the park as well, so it is a nice balance, I feel, and the aggressiveness. This is an exciting baseball team to watch uh, with the base really running, is. and uh, it took me a while to get around to small ball and actually like truly enjoying it, but I love the chess match of the you know aspect of the game when you bring in the small ball and you know at a certain point. Yeah, it's fun to watch a home run, but just the playing and situational baseball is fun to watch for me. And uh, they're they're at 26 completed, uh, successful, and I believe it's 29 now for our season one. And that's probably something we'll kind of keep track of because um, we noticed that they're just a lot more aggressive this year, and it's definitely something we you know keep our eye on and see how it climbs. But um, you what, think about. Um... 10 games, so just simple math, it puts them at attempting 2.9 bases a game, you know, just simple math. I don't, I meant to look this up before we started the show, actually. How many games is a college baseball season? Do you know that number off the top of your head? I'm sorry, I don't. I don't either, but at this pace, though, I mean, they could end up maybe scratching 90 to 100 attempts, you know, by the time this season's over with, so that's like you said, it is fun to watch, but I'm kind of going to bulldoze over everything you just said about the small ball and give a shout-out to our boy Jack Kinley, second baseman. No home runs at all last year and ends up getting two this past weekend against Stony Brook. So, shout-out to him. And you could tell on the – I believe it was the second one, he was coming around the bases just grinning ear to ear. He's yeah. like, yeah, this is a good year for me. Well, definitely you see, uh, you see a guy that's been in the program for a while and, you know, really getting – getting around it and getting this, you know, you know, pun intended swing of things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's fun to, it's fun. It's fun to see, man. It really is. So, um, now in the speed, this is, this is a speedy team. Yes, it is. Like so fast. Uh, you got your, catcher, I, was even, I was talking, you got your catcher out there stealing bags. You don't, you don't see that know, every day. Right? And, um, so we got. I'm just looking through the roster of people that stick out. But Casey Martin, we all know what he's, what, how athletic that kid is. That 
thankful he came here. Kerstad, who seems to have picked up some speed from last year. And then uh, Curtis Washington is a freshman that's kind of coming in in a DH role, and I believe he even played some third base the other day. Maybe right field was him. That kid's got some speed. Of course, Christian Franklin, he's uh, the starting third baseman so far. That boy's fast. Like you said, Opitz out there still in bases. I mean, it's it's an athletic team. Didn't we you? are missing the power a little bit, but overall I think it's – I mean, they're they're going to make some teams think. It's not going to be out there just playing simple baseball when they play us. So, I mean, yeah, we're talking about batting and everything, but I want to change something up a little bit. And we've talked about this particular pitcher and – uh I wanna I wanna get you on on record on this stuff. Your uh, thoughts on a uh, Zay Zay Day, Mr. Campbell. You're gonna do that, huh? Yeah, I'm well, gonna, I'm gonna do that. I mean, he <laughs> he he came out had he he definitely broke his uh, strikeout total for the game opening yeah. game one of that doubleheader. He uh, he got eight. I think was I can't remember. We got thirteen on Friday the opening game. So my thoughts on on Zay is his consistency scares me. Still scares me a little bit. It's I mean, you come out there and do what he did Friday. Yeah, it's obviously that's an ace. That's who we want on the mound. But I've, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you what you wanted yet. I'm gonna see a couple more games. Uh, I mean, he he made it seven innings, which is super rare for him. I mean, normally he's a four to five inning guy, especially based off of last year, but. If he goes out there and continually throws 13 strikeouts, then by all means, I'm a big fan. <laughs> you're, you're a big fan, big fan at that point. Big fan. So moving on to probably the most talked about uh, athlete in football or baseball right now, most talked about mm-hmm. uh, hog at least, Connor Nolan uh, kind of had a rough outing, you know, uh, got in some tight spots early, and he, he showed some uh, resiliency to get out of some of those spots, but they definitely got to him early. Is that, uh, you know, is that something that should be troubled or just getting in the swing of things, going to take his lumps, that kind of thing? Well, he um, he didn't do his best by any means, but, I mean, it was cold. You know, it was a cold game. Of course, the other pitchers were kind of, you know, they're, everybody's dealing with the same stuff. But I don't I don't think if it, was, if it wasn't Stony Brook that, Dave Van Horn wouldn't have maybe stuck with him a little bit longer. That's something he he did uh, on the Saturday game that Nolan started, and then um, I think it was a Wednesday game uh, against Memphis. You know, he put six, seven pitchers out there. I think Dave Van Horn is just kind of trying to find his stride with the rotation and really the whole roster in general, which is a good thing. I mean, that shows kind of where we're at with uh, team talent because he can do that, and we still can rip off 15 runs, you know, in a game like that. So. I don't. Uh, I don't think it's anything to be too concerned with yet. Now, if he goes out there and throws a string of, you know, three or four games together like that, that might be a problem. But right now, I don't. I don't really think it is because he gave up the two runs in the first inning, but then he didn't give up anything else. I don't believe he gave up another run after that. So, no, I wouldn't be too concerned yet. Gotcha. So when it comes to this team, we're still learning a lot of these guys' names and uh, seeing what they're f- about. You know, you got your household names with Franklin. Uh, sorry, Fletcher. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, Come anyway. on. <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, and then you also have Martin, and uh, who who's one of your guys that you just enjoy watching? Uh, actually, Fletcher. Fletcher is, is really is, exciting. Uh, so something yeah. you you see, uh, I'm, I'm so I'm a huge Casey Martin fan. I love I love the way that kid plays. I will admit that occasionally when he gets one ripped to him, um, I think the kid gets so amped up that he can't. Slow, slow things down. So sometimes he's throwing some kind of questionable balls in first base, making uh, Trevor Ezel over there kind of work his butt off to, you know, keep the foot on the bag and not have to jump up. But uh, Fletcher's, every single time we watch them play, they will always talk about his first step in center field yep. and just how, how um, mature he is early in his career in baseball. And um, he has a brother that plays uh, for – can't remember, but he does have a brother in the pros. I can't, can't remember where he's at, but they say that um, they work out together in the summer, and even his brother will pick up some things. His older brother will pick up some things from him. So, uh, Fletcher, you, you don't really worry about it. If a ball's going out there, you know if it's going towards him, there's always going to be the chance to, to get the out. So, um, And he's got a big arm, too. I mean, he made a throw to third the other day from – deep right center that almost got there. Actually, it hit the runner. I don't know if you watched that game or not, but it hit the runner. So um, Fletcher's probably, outside of Casey, I feel like Casey's kind of obvious answer, but outside of Casey, I'd go with Fletcher. Um, so yeah. You keep bringing up Opitz, so yeah. Opitz your boy? Oh, Opitz, <laughs> you didn't even let me lead into that one. So, uh, yeah, I enjoy uh, Martin and Frank, uh, Fletcher as well. But Opitz, uh, as a catcher, he just he's got a unique game, and uh, I don't know. Just seeing him steal some bags, it's it's nice to see a catcher out there. Uh, it's not the position I played when I played baseball or anything like that. It's not you know, it's not like me for the special teams and for the brand with football. But <laughs> right. it's I just enjoy it, and it's good football or good good I good baseball. Uh, still You're stuck on the brand right now. I'm still I'm still stuck on the brand. Uh, so make special teams great. Special things great again. Yeah. I tell you who I am anxious to see get the the bats going so he can get on the bases more, which he hasn't been doing terrible. But uh, Christian Franklin, the freshman at third base, I have not seen it. Maybe you have, but I have heard rumbles that he is faster than Martin. That's yeah, I've definitely heard that. Maybe that's why Franklin's just kept in my head. I just keep wanting to say Franklin. So uh, it's an exciting team, but you know what was exciting. You got this. You, you know what I was really excited about over all this weekend, and uh, you touched on it last recording, that uh, the basketball team, we broke that losing streak. We got the win. We got the win, and uh, I would like to say the most unlikely guy to hit a game winner, I would say. Layup, put back, it doesn't matter. Seeing Harris make the game winner, <laughs> it, it was something, because... He had a stretch of not having a basket in two games, I think, before that. I don't think he made a basket in Kentucky or the game before that. So, for him to be the hero, shall we say. The he, he got mauled, too, on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so. straight, the, the guy's hand was full grasp on his right shoulder, pulled him backwards, and he still managed to get the kiss off the glass. So, yeah, that was that was pretty exciting to to see overall, did they play as well as they did against Kentucky, or did Ole Miss play down? That's interesting. Um, 
I would say there was a dip off against Kentucky, but so I guess the answer would be that Ole Miss played down, but they still had, didn't look the worst they have this season. I mean, it's hard, but um, that Auburn game is gonna stick. So they got they got whooped up on Auburn by Auburn very quickly. So the disappointment with that would be. That uh, we don't have a Nolan Richardson court, I think. Um, I saw the rumblings, and it, you know, you're going to sit there and honor the 94 championship team, which you've done before. I understand it's an anniversary, but at this point, the standing ovation, the clapping, and a, you know, lead hog call, isn't it kind of played out? Like, I love a hog call, don't get me wrong, but you can't bring all those folks in have this big celebration, whoop out some, I think, awesome uniforms that they the basketball team was oh, playing in. Oh, for sure, yeah, throwbacks. And all that leads to is basically a clap and a whoop-pig suey. Like, everything was setting up for a Nolan Richardson court, and we still don't have that. You heard folks on Twitter and social media, and they were sitting there saying, you know, maybe he doesn't deserve it. And then you saw the same folks saying, well, he does deserve a statue. And it's like, how is that not the same thing? <laughs> you know, are you sitting there thinking like, oh, you can take down a statue? Well, coat of paint can clear up a name on a court. Right. So when it comes to that, they're, I essentially see, see them as the same thing. And honestly, I think Nolan Richardson deserves both a statue and name the court after him. So that you know when you're, when you're going into Bud Walton that that's Nolan Richardson's court. You know, he kind of, it's the house that no one built, right? I mean, that's what the press was saying leading up to the thing. Right. And everything was there. And it's, he, he did have a good interview on the, the, on the TV broadcast. And he was kind of talking about uh, after, you know, Bud was built and um, they retired Barnhill that uh, <clears throat> the fans and the, or the opposing team, I'm sorry, would, come in and he just he knew he didn't have to worry about it he knew that everything was going to be uh rowdy and you know it was going to be an advantage and kind of going back to what you said i mean he, he built that place we got that because of his success and we can't give the man the honor of naming the court after him i i don't understand it I, and also is that a board decision or do you, do you know how that works I would imagine Board of Trustees would definitely have a play into something like that. Obviously, athletic director. But another thing, you know, you bring up his interview and talking about just how the bud was uh, during that time and and how ruckus it was and loud and you, you hear about it constantly. That The atmosphere is not the same. I don't know if it's the day and age of high def, you know, being able to watch it on your phone or watch it wherever you're at and not just wanting to go out there. Or an interesting approach is there's a lot of, like, DJ's music and, like, yeah, you can try to get the people up and dancing and that kind of thing. But fan interaction doesn't seem to be there. If, right. You know, it just seems like, you know, when they have a break or they need to try to get the crowd going, they just hit a button and they start playing a little bit of music they kind of play the band out like they're still bands there's you know they're not a full band but they're still bands at the basketball games and it just kind of the 
crowd isn't, I wouldn't say the crowd's not there because we still, you know, we still got folks doing it. It just doesn't seem like maybe the university is steering it towards fan interaction as much as they should. Instead, it's getting in as many uh, plugs or ads as possible. Like, I don't know how many, I think they do two or three versions of a shot, be it the FFO one off of a recliner or a different variation of the exact same thing. But that doesn't really get you into it, you know. That's not the... I'm not saying we need to start doing the wave or something, but you just got to get us rocking somehow. And, you know, some people need a little bit more encouragement. And, you know, some people would say, well, there's some liquid encouragement that could be sold that would help out as well. And that's an SEC thing. But, and probably that's, that's one of those deals where that could be a completely different podcast on its own. And we could have a whole (laughs) nice debate about, you know, uh, alcoholic games and that kind of thing, but something's got to be done for interaction. I haven't gotten to go to as many basketball games as you have, so I don't, um, I don't know off, you know, firsthand the halftime stuff, you know, fan interactions and TV stuff and all that. But what do you have anything off the top of your head that you would recommend to maybe get that fan interaction going, or would that just, I mean just essentially giveaways every game, something like that? or Well, I mean, they're doing plenty of that. You know, you're having the pizzas delivered up through the stands and you're having the shirt toss. All that stuff is still there. It's just they're not really pushing it. And uh, getting into the crowd and, you know, and getting them going, like, it almost, you could almost point to the student section because that's kind of where it all starts. So, yeah. Just there needs to be a spark, uh, crowd wise. Well, what's what's kind of interesting? Uh, the game that me and you went to, I think it was a Georgia Tech game, right? Kind of started off a loss with us <laughs> there getting to see that. But um, I think it was TV timeout, and the most exciting thing that we saw was Chad Morris was in the stands. Yeah. State Trooper comes down there and picks him up, and they didn't care to point that out, like. Here's the head hog himself right here, you know, five rows up off the bench and no one, you know, outside of the people around him. And we just happened to notice the state troopers. We thought somebody was drunk and getting in a fight or something, but well, the, it was Chad Morris there. And the whole stadium knew that, or the whole arena knew that as well, because they, you know, there was plenty of eyes watching the state troopers all the way. And you're like, oh, that's Chad Morris. And they left those seats open the whole time. He never came back to those. But Right. Uh, with Chad Morris, that leads us straight into uh, the new kick with uh, spring football. It's here. We're we're having spring finally, it's finally, finally some football. So uh, we saw they opened it up for about twenty minutes to media and everything like that. And uh, Chad Morris still rocking that gray sweatsuit, uh, off brand, no hog apparel. He had a hat on that was hog, but the sweatsuit just every with a sharpie written on it and i didn't even think about that he does have a hat with a hog on it mm-hmm. yeah so money's calling him out for that <laughs> i didn't even think of that so i mean there's still some hog apparel and the rest of the staff was rocking some hogs but uh um they it definitely probably the highlight was obviously everyone wanted to see ben hicks and see how that was going he was very verbal they said during practice calling out and he had some overthrows and he would 
he would shout out my bad, and he was getting his guys in the right place and very vocal with teammates and, and also the quarterbacks. Um, really, the only praise outside of that that we heard about was uh, Trey Knox during route running drills. They were pretty uh, vocal in praising him, but it's it's hard, you know, 20 minutes of a practice for media, and you're not seeing the whole thing, and what you are seeing is what they want you to see. You got to... Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely planned, what, yeah. they, what they do get to see. So, um, one thing we do want to start touching on is just kind of giving you a rundown of all the sports, at least until the next time we uh, record or anything like that, and... There's a there's a group of hogs that I am very jealous of right now, and that would be the golf team who started day one in Cabo. So they escaped this snowy day, and they're playing in Cabo right now. And uh, they had day one of the uh, Cabo Intercollegiate Tournament go on, and right now they are currently tied at 13th on that, and our leading golfer is Gibson, who is tied at 8th. Uh, we also have uh, women's basketball. I do not have a final on that or if they actually ended up playing, but they played uh, Texas A&M, so I would assume they did play because that was an away game. We'll hopefully get that final by the end of the recording here. Uh, women's tennis, uh, they had a match this Sunday uh, in Vanderbilt, and then the men tennis team also failed to Florida at home and the last chance swim and dive meet in Missouri was today as well we don't have anything on that and they'll continue on the Cabo intercollegiate tournament on Monday and I believe that goes until Tuesday you think we could get a pass press pass for that and uh, take off and Go check that out. <laughs> get a get a press pass for Cabo. Yeah. We'll so it looks like uh, the A and M game we got beat sixty six to fifty three. All right. Women's basketball. And uh, see, let's see. Touching on back to baseball, we open our series against Charlotte, which is part of our homestand, and that's going to be Tuesday and Wednesday. And we also have softball on Wednesday as well against Missouri State, who. I'm assuming we always have run-ins, right? Is that a rivalry on softball as it is in baseball? I would sure. sure. Let's, let's call it that. Let's manufacture well, it like a certain other Missouri rivalry. Well, at least there's a little reason to have that. Don't we've already we've already talked about that battle <laughs> line. We can save that for a little bit later when the season starts. All right. But um, I don't remember if we touched on this or not. But the Razorback baseball team is. Uh, First away game isn't until March 19th, which is pretty cool. And isn't that uh, Texas? That's Texas. That's some Shorthorns. And unfortunately, the only way you'll be able to watch your Hogs play is on the Shorthorn Network. It's worth it, though, right? Is it? You you can tune into that for the Razorbacks. Ah, I guess. There is literally no other reason on the planet to tune into that network unless it is because... We're playing on it. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm much rather probably listen to Bubba. It really depends. It's, it's going to be just as one-sided as that USC one, and I got pretty worked up about the USC broadcast. So Did you? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't notice. You didn't you notice? Did. Well, you can go back and listen to our previous podcast, and uh, that's at, at JRD Hogcast. 
dot com. I was uh, we brought up Texas, and this is completely way too early, but I I think Texas actually beat LSU this weekend so. in baseball. Yeah, I mean they they're up there in the rankings. So middle, I'm, I'm hoping it happens. Middle teams and everything it'll be like a good that. One. I I ain't scared of them. It's Texas. No. <laughs> ain't scared of, ain't, ain't scared of any Texas matchup. It does not matter. And like you said, I mean, Tom Herman for football, he ain't going to be here much longer. So we're going to write right, that one right. down. It's no longer a bold prediction. It's uh, Jordan just predicting the future. Yeah, writing that, <laughs> writing that in. Might as well be writing it down in stone. So I don't have my chisel with me, or I would have done that last week. Well, uh, what else we got going on? We got the uh, we got the combine. We got a few hogs uh, going after there. Uh, Froholt apparently has been having a good showing. You got some info on that for Froholt, us? Froholt uh, was the fifth best in the bench press. He got 31, with 39 being the most by, uh, I don't even know how to say that guy's name. But, <clears throat> yeah, Froholt ended up in the top five in that. Um, Greenlaw ended up tied for fifth with bench press reps at 24. So getting their names up there, and uh, looks like Froholt actually was uh, in the top ten for the twenty yard shuttle and the three cone drill, and he, you know, that's good for Froholt, right? From where he started, uh, where he's at now, that's that's. Uh, I mean, you can't help but be be proud of the guy, especially like I said, with I mean everything that happened while he was here. He was a defensive lineman and ended up going to guard, and then this last year having to go to the center, so. That's uh that's good for him, and it looks like um, Drake Greenlaw ended up a top performer, basically top ten in the uh, vertical jump as well. And we were trying to find some stats on Pulley, but the defensive backs didn't uh, work out today, so we can touch on that. That's in the probably next, can, uh, yeah. episode. That's probably continuing to do on Monday, I, w- I believe. Uh, one thing I do want to touch on, and we'll do this on the next podcast, is kind of where mainly Froholt and maybe Greenlaw, I, I think those are probably the only two guys that might get drafted, and kind of see what some of the uh, scouts are saying about him and what uh, info we can get on that. Now, yeah, we bring up the Combine, and uh, I have an issue with that. Jordan, just the Combine in general, especially this year, we've got uh, Kyle Murray there. I know this is kind of going offside uh, of what we normally do. So, will you give me this time? You okay with what what's about hey, to happen? Get on it, buddy. All right. So, you got a guy that is, you know, one, he was on the fence, and there's some folks that are doubting size and all his, you know, football ability. So, what's he going to do at a event that is scheduled and designed to help you with that? draft stock get as many eyes as possible on that you're not going to do a single event when it refers to the actual game you play you're not going to run a 40 you're not going to throw a ball you're just going to sit there and do interviews well if you're going to sit there take a spot from a quarterback that could have gotten invited to that i don't necessarily know if there was people on the bubble with that kind of thing but he essentially took a spot from a guy that could have got invited because they only invite so many to the combine. Right. You're going to take that spot away from somebody just so you can sit there and interview with some people. You can do that at your pro day, which apparently that's when you're going to do something. And pro days are fine. It gets the same idea, and they're going to have plenty of scouts at the OU pro day. But 
it's a dress rehearsal. Like, he should be and has been for months working on the same route combinations and all of that with the guys that he's going to throw with. So if a guy at his level has one incompletion at his pro day, it's a failure in my part because that is such worked out and you might as well have cones at every spot when he's supposed to throw and when and how and all that stuff has been played out, practiced, and he he's practiced for a pro day and when something that isn't necessarily something he could practice for and something happens on the fly, he's not going to do it? <laughs> That's, that just ain't right. And that might just be well, me a little one-sided because OU's right there with me in Texas. So, Well, I was sitting here thinking you was fixing to go on some kind of rant, but you didn't even get passionate about that. I did not? Oh, well, I'll try better next did, time. <laughs> did, uh, did they say why he didn't? Was there any kind of injury or... I mean, uh, no, I I can only make like 15 agents now, right? So (laughs) I I can only make an assumption and it's not going to be nice. So we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. (laughs) But, uh, one guy that's been lighting it up at the combine moving, moving on is, uh, DK Metcalf. Have you seen this guy? Dude's a freak of nature. (laughs) Yeah. So he's out there and what is he? Six, three, two, 20 or two 30 or something like that looking like a tight end, and this man runs a 4-3 at the 40, and he is just ripped, and uh, he's a beast. I mean, I know he's from uh, Ole Miss or Ole Piss or whatever you want to call him, but he is a beast, and one thing I do not like is, like, he's been getting tons of press. He definitely earned some money uh, at the Combine, but a lot of folks were reporting him with two, uh, less than 2% body fat. 1.8% body fat. Now, for, be right. for anybody that goes to the gym or pays attention to bodybuilding or anything like that, that's that kind of level of things. So when it comes to less than 2% body fat, he's going to be having veins bulging, and that's not his case. Like, he's toned, but it's not to that level. And he would also be so dehydrated, and for him to play the sport and do the routes and all that kind of stuff he would pass out, essentially. Like, he would not have the fuel to do what he needed to do on a football field. 20 yards down the 40-yard dash line, yeah, he'd be out. Exactly. It's it's a different kind of deal, and they train for different kind of stuff. So, the guy's a beast, but I'm going to say he's not subpar 2% body fat. So, here's here's something interesting. Um, he's a redshirt sophomore, or I guess at this point was a redshirt sophomore. Yes. And... We keep, uh, you know, taking jabs at them for being the, you know, sanction you and all that. Did he get some information? Like, well, you better get out of here. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't really matter at this point. It's something something's going to go down, I think, even more. that Yes, the NCAA apparently has handed out their final uh, violations and penalties for them, but there'll definitely be some more stuff going on for him. But, uh we unfortunately have some former pro, uh, some former hogs in the news with the uh, Alex Collins stuff, and I'm pretty bummed about this. Did you see that? Did you see that in the news? I did. So, I did. Uh, unfortunately, Buddha, as most folks call him, or I believe is <laughs> is his Twitter handle as well, Alex Collins was arrested after he had a car crash. He wrecked his Corvette at four in the morning. Actually, it was before that, into a tree, 
police found him and uh he was asleep and he said he was waiting for a tow truck and i guess his passenger was uh they had some conflicting stories with that they also found a handgun in the vehicle as well as over a hundred grams of marijuana and so they charged him with possession and uh possession of a firearm and possession with intent to deliver or deal distribute um and i don't know i saw reports that he apparently told them that he had uh weed at his house as well so they searched his residence and found two more rifles and less than 10 grams of weed as well and uh just just not good not good for old alex collins i don't know how he's gonna dance his uh, way out of this one yeah do you think his stats on the field or enough to give him a second chance like some of these other guys that have you know I've essentially done the same things well there's definitely uh that stigma I mean you got the uh return offenders like Josh Gordon and that kind of stuff they failed test and that kind of deal uh Randy Gregory is another one that just got an indefinite in suspension as well but Unfortunately, with him coming off of injuries and kind of having a down year, like he had that one year for the Ravens, and I don't know, man. It's tough, but uh, this league, the NFL, is a weird one because freaking Kareem Hunt has the job. So, like, they, the, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say, but I'm sure someone will pick him up, uh, maybe to be a, training camp back or something like that for that let me back up the ravens did cut him after he was right. arrested i mean he was probably still in the cell when they arrested him and that just that's well, a I tough break and the story broke that they cut him before it broke that the charges yeah 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 they didn't come out with the charges because something with baltimore or whatever they didn't want to announce it it's probably because they were waiting to search his house to get all of the charges that's disappointing, though. He's he was. Um, I mean, obviously, we loved him here as a Razorback, and I, I I'll be honest with you, I didn't really see this being something he would do. I didn't. I didn't really. I kind of. He he puts on a good persona that he's a kind of well-to-do guy. You know, the joke with him coming out was his mama wouldn't let him leave Florida. You know, when he got recruited and stuff. So it's kind of surprising to see that he that this came down with, uh, you know, the marijuana possession and all that. It kind of took me by surprise to be honest yeah so i mean you can get into back and forth on that kind of stuff uh the amount and apparently how it was packaged is a little suspect on that kind of thing but yeah it's definitely tough to hear about and that kind of thing uh wish him the best on that kind of stuff but let's go let's move on to kind of a happier note and we wanted to fill you guys in on essentially why we're doing this and how we're doing this and with that being said, I want Jordan to lead this off because really the story begins. We're colleagues and we uh, work together, but it was one particular day at work that we really truly started talking football because I was a relatively new guy, just kind of wanted to shut up, sit in the corner and, you know, learn the ropes kind of deal. And uh, there was one particular day where I couldn't do that anymore because there was some nonsense being said. So let's go ahead. 
So this is uh, starting off the 2015. Is that right? The 2015 Razorback season? Yes. Yeah. So sitting here, like Dylan said, he's a new guy. And uh, we have this little crew room that we all meet meet at every morning and kind of just talk and cut stuff up a little bit. And, you know, we're supposed to be getting to work about 15 minutes into the day, but that never happens. But, um, yeah, so a buddy of ours, a mutual friend, was talking about Brandon Allen and saying he's just never he's never going to be it. He's a, he's a terrible quarterback, and we're never going to win any games with him. And I think he was talking about putting – was it Austin Allen he was, he was rooting for or something, one of the backups at the time. And uh, I was kind of getting a little bit irritated at him, like, man, no, Brandon Allen's – Brandon Allen's the guy, and he's a good quarterback. You got to give him a chance. and. All of a sudden, little old shy Dylan over there in the corner just kind of like a little dog perked his ears up like, no, that's that's not true. I uh, won't say the guy's name unless he wants us to, but uh, he uh, Dylan jumped on top of him. And Dylan, if y'all haven't caught on yet, is a homer, like I've mentioned. And uh, he loved him some Brandon Allen, which uh, we both agreed on that, but I think that might have been the first time I heard Dylan's voice just out of nowhere, out of the corner, like, hey. Would you be talking about burning down like that? He didn't say it just like that, but yeah, I didn't, uh, jumps I didn't, in and I didn't get worked up about much at work, but uh, this this particular instance, I definitely had to jump in and uh, stop the foolishness because Brandon Allen was on his way up the record books and doing stuff that we hadn't seen Razorback quarterbacks do in a long time. So I felt the need to step in and assist with the sports debate with Jordan. So I'm sitting here, and, and Dylan's Dylan's kind of a – well, he is. He's a little guy. He, he's not a very big guy. And uh, I was just, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. So from that day forward, we kind of started talking, and we get on a, a conference call at work every day. It's not an official one by any means, but uh, just some buddies sit there and kind of talk to each other throughout the day to basically get through the day, really, and the – conversation more times than not ends up being about Razorbacks or sports in general and uh, Dylan one day after I don't know a year and a half or so of doing this conference call is like man why don't we do a podcast and I knew nothing about podcasts at all and didn't even know it was something that you can just do I thought you had to go to school for this stuff and uh, I'll let you take it from there Dylan because you've pretty much orchestrated it ever since yeah, so basically, um, the idea, and we're 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 we know this is going to be rough. We we want this to be for fans and by fans. We want to have that interaction, and basically, we wanted to take the conversations that we had on that phone call, record them, and bring them to the masses, and start these conversations that we would have between you know three you know three guys you know, two or three guys and have that with multiple folks and try to keep that conversation going because ultimately we love the sport, we love the hogs, and it's just, honestly, it's a way to get through the day and uh, enjoy what we're doing. So, I mean, with that being said, you might hear uh, props to whoever. Maybe last episode you heard my son make a featured appearance. You might hear him make a little cry every now and again. I'm not neglecting my child. That's mommy's on duty while I'm doing some recording. So props to her on that. I love it. And uh, it's just one of those things. But this conference call is 
you know, essentially what a podcast is. So we got together with a producer and we decided to try to make this as well. And we're going to grow every day. We got together with some of the folks at Sweetwater and uh, got a road pro uh, road roadcaster to get this setup going relatively simple and uh we just want to continue it on and that's we want to have that interaction with folks and you can join in on that at twitter on our website whatever it may be across all social medias our handle is at jrd hogcast nice and simple and uh we just want to continue this conversation and keep the sports going and keeping the hog talk alive and well i know it's not gonna like stop. you said this is this is gonna be rough for a little bit but we welcome any kind of feedback whether it be good or bad uh if you don't like my hick accent then i'm sorry if you want to tell us that you don't like my hick accent do it if you're enjoying it great let us know uh if you want us to mention something in the show hit us up on like you said all the social media platforms and um we're not scared of critiquing at all i mean we're just doing this for fun and want to get involved with uh, Razorback fans as much as possible. So, um, yeah, just keep it coming at us and let us know how we're doing. And I, I think that's a good spot where we can just wrap up. And as always, Woo Pig Suey.